to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah O'Keefe, and in this episode, I am joined by the Madcap founder and CEO, Anthony Olivier. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Sarah. Happy to be here. It's great to have you on board. So tell us a little bit about Madcap and how you made that happen, because I know there's a there's a fun backstory there. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, I was CEO of a, a company prior to Madcap, we were called eHelp Corporation. We were the founders and developers of RoboHelp, and at the time was RoboDemo. And we sold the business to, I believe it was the end of 2002, I sold the company to Macromedia. Everybody remembers Macromedia, the creators of Flash. And they bought eHelp, not necessarily because of RoboHelp, but because of a RoboDemo product. At the time, it was a Flash-based product, and they were really interested in Flash-based technology. So they acquired eHelp for RoboDemo, quickly rebranded that as Captivate, and decided that at that time that uh, RoboHelp and the technical authoring industry was not core to the strategy. And so uh, this gave us an opportunity or gave me an opportunity to to push the market forward and say, look, if you're not interested in it, we're going to create a new technology or a new generation of, of RoboHelp and recreate you know, from scratch and develop something that was more future-proof, XML-based, and continue that technology forward um, under Madcap. And that's what led to the, the birth of Madcap in 2005. So I've been in the industry a long time, not you know, a lot longer than Madcap's been around. This has been now what we live and breathe, technical authoring. Right. And since all of us are all related in some way, somewhere in the middle of all of that, Macromedia gets acquired by Adobe, right? And then Flash goes away, but Captivate is still here. That's correct. That's exactly (laughs) right. Shortly after that acquisition of eHelp on Macromedia, Adobe went and purchased Macromedia. Yeah. And then the rest is history at that point. I mean, we, you know, the FrameMaker, RoboHelp and Captivate. And yeah, it's been a definitely interesting journey, but definitely a small industry per se. Okay, so here you are in 2005, you launch Madcap, and so it's been, I guess, I thought 15 years, but more like 18, right? So Madcap's humming along, and you've got Flare and all the ecosystem of products that goes with Flare, and I mean, I think pretty clearly a happy and you know fairly passionate Flare user base, like some other products I could mention from 20 years ago, but will refrain. And then suddenly one day this past February, there's this announcement that, oh, by the way, we've decided to purchase Ixiosoft and it's did an XML content management system. So please explain. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we've been in the industry long enough, you and I, and you know, we've been living and breathing this, this market for a very long time. And I think you know, we recognize that it's not, a, it's not a one size fits all solution for companies, right? Some companies want structure, some companies want unstructured, and we've recognized that from the beginning, that uh, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And clearly, there's, there's a market for structured authoring. Right? There's a lot of companies that do it. There's a lot of companies that offer data-based tools, CCMSs. There's definitely a market for that and a pretty big market. And so taking a little bit of a step back, you know, our retention rate at Madcap prior to Exia acquisition was about 90%. So about 90% of our customers stay with Madcap for the long haul. Now, if you exclude those companies that downsize, let's say, because of reduction in force or, or things like that outside of the control of the, of the organization, 
those remaining you know, percentage of customers that leave Madcap were typically leaving Madcap, although it was a small percentage, leaving Madcap to go something that's more structured, more controlled, something that had a bit of you know, the benefits that Dida offers as a structured authoring solution and more in line with compliance, larger teams, larger content development teams, large amount of content and needed the CCMS functionality. If customers were leaving Madcap, that's where they were going. So by us acquiring a database CCMS allowed us to offer not just an unstructured XML-based solution with cloud-based content management, but also offered a structured authoring solution for our customers who want to make that transition or growing teams. We know that their needs of the organization change to be more compliant. So that was the reason behind the acquisition. So, you know, acquiring XEO CCMS allowed us to solve a couple of problems, right? Or gaps, should I say. It allowed us to participate in the structured authoring environment or this authoring market, offer a migration path for those Madcap customers that are very happy with Madcap and very happy with the service and support that they're getting, but needed something a little more powerful, needed the database structure and needed a CCMS capability. So we offer that path for them to move along without having to go to market and shop for a different solution. And the third thing is we get to retain those those customers, right? As I mentioned before, we have a retention rate of 90%. It's a lot higher if you exclude, as I said, reductions in force, but we get to retain those customers within the Madcap family by having a database CCMS as one of our offerings. And so acquiring Nexia, we provided this almost like a future-proof growth plan for our customers who decide to go with Madcap, whether they decide that they want to go unstructured first, get all their content from Word and, and other formats into the ecosystem, and then grow with us as they grow, as their needs grow, as they do acquisitions, as their teams grow, and then wanted more of the structure with it, with the data solution offers. And that's pretty much the evolution of why we decided to purchase a database CCMS. When you look at this, that's sort of the, well, I don't know about tactical, but sort of the big picture strategic view of how those two product sets can fit together or how you can provide a market fit for your customers. Stepping back from that a little bit, where do you see the industry going? Where do you see the growth happening? And do you see these products? And I don't mean just Madcap and Ixia specifically, but you know the sort of various products that cover this marketplace. How do you think they're going to evolve looking at this You know, with 20, 30 years of experience and having seen all the different things that have happened? Where do you think this is going in the next five or 10 years? A couple of things. I think that you know, we'll definitely, one of the things we're working on currently and was the first initiatives post the acquisition was how do the products talk to each other? How do they integrate better with each other, right? How do you move from Madcap solutions to a database CCMS? How do you leverage all the advantages that a database CCMS has without having to recreate your content? How can we make that transition for customers a lot easier? So that's our first order of business is to tackle the the movement between the products, right? And then the strengths and weaknesses of each of the solutions and how do we use the strengths and weaknesses of each solution to fill those gaps. We'll start seeing this over the short term and longer term is this um, the products feeling like it's more of an integrated type workflow. Do you see people using both? So like a single customer that would have instances of both products or is it going to be a one or the other? I see both. And mm-hmm. we actually, you know, when during the due diligence process in the discussions with, with Exia, 
we looked at the customer base of Ixia. Now, granted, they're a lot smaller than Madcap in terms of customer base, but we actually saw a fair amount of overlap of customers and very large organizations, right? Ixia has very, very large customers. I mean, you're talking to SAP, the Siemens, the um, Toyota. I mean, there's very, very large organizations with hundreds and hundreds of licenses of, of the Ixia uh, platform. And we actually saw there was actually a fair amount of overlap between our customers and theirs. Siemens is a perfect example. I don't think I'm sharing anything proprietary yet, but there's actually some divisions in Siemens that use Madcap and been Madcap customers for a very long time. But Siemens is a very large Exia customer. And so coming back to my initial point, there's not a one-size-fits-all. There's going to be certain divisions that are going to be fine with using Madcap products and having more of this unstructured authoring environment without the CCMS capabilities. And there are going to be certain departments within these very large organizations that are very compliant and need to strict to adhere you know, very strict guidelines in terms of how they're authoring the content and how they're managing that content. There's definitely going to be this over, continue to be this overlap between the customers. And we're not going to try and push or force anything down the customer's throat in terms of what they should or shouldn't be using. It's really, if you have a problem, we can solve it for you no matter what your needs are. For example, if Siemens decides, hey, these divisions that are using Madcap want to start looking at um, moving towards more of a structured authoring environment and having more of the CCMS capabilities, then we can make that transition really easy for them. But if you don't want to do that, absolutely feel like they use both. But we want to be able to share the content between both. And so bring the benefits of content reuse, no matter what you're using, if it's Madcap legacy products, so legacy in the sense that Madcap existing products versus the XSCMS and the database solution that uh, we have now. So I think I'm not allowed to do podcasts anymore without asking about AI. Uh, so I'll ask you when you when you look at the trends and you know where the industry is going. Do you have at this point a perspective on what AI is going to do to your business and or a strategy that you can share? You know, in broad strokes as to how you're going to integrate that. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good question, Sarah. Um, AI is definitely becoming more and more prominent, right? If you're not thinking about AI and how it could affect or is going to affect the workflow, how you're creating content, then you're probably going to be behind the eight ball pretty quickly. We definitely think about AI. We're definitely already working on uh, AI integration into our, into our products in terms of authoring and leveraging, allow the author or content developer to leverage AI in creating content. I think it's going to just make the authoring, the technical author's job a lot more efficient. They're going to be able to do more, create more content, which is a good thing for us, right? We want more content. We want to be able to produce more content. We want customers to, be able to create more content more effectively and efficiently and more valuable content more effectively and efficiently. And AI is going to allow that. I see it being a positive for technical authors. It's a matter of embracing it and how do you integrate that with the solutions that we have that are going to make the difference. You know, if we sit there and try to ignore it and it's a problem that's we ignore it as a, as a potential risk to the author's uh, role and, and function within the organization. I think that that's, we're going to all end up losing. I think it's, it's embracing it. That's, that's going to be the important thing. It's going to change the way we do things, but I think in a positive way. So looking forward at where this is going and, you know, you've obviously got a huge amount of work to do in terms of product integration and alignment and just all the usual things that go with merging to companies but whether it's inside the organization, the now combined organization, or broadly in the industry, where do you see the biggest challenges that we're facing or that you're facing as you move forward in this space? Um, I think the biggest challenges, which I think is actually an opportunity, is companies are looking to 
you know, content development or content in general is more becoming more and more valuable to an organization, right? People are not going out there and making decisions, talking to salespeople as much as they used to. A lot of people want to make decisions on their own. And a lot of that comes down to reading the content, making decisions based on the content that's out there, whether it be web-based content, instructions, user guides, things like that, that make a prospect decide on whether a product is a viable solution for them or not. And that's where the role of the content plays. And I think that for us, you know, bridging that gap between sales and marketing and content development, what we call content development, be the traditional technical authoring content development is going to start blurring. And the biggest challenge is getting the technical authors to start embracing and seeing that they actually play a role in the sales and marketing. And as well as from a top-down level as well, from a CTO level, from a CIO level, from a CFO level, even CEO level, recognizing that the content that's being produced by the organization is driving a lot of those decisions on the sales and marketing side. And I think that that's where we see the, the industry going a little bit more, the blurring of the lines between sales, marketing, technical content. And that's, you know, brings an opportunity, but it's also a challenge because we've got to start thinking about things a little bit differently. It's not about just disseminating information. It's also about selling, selling the product or the services that we're documenting. The other challenge, I think this is just, you know, generally something that we've always faced is obviously resources, right? Biggest challenge is hiring quick enough to facilitate the growth and innovate on new ideas. We've always been very good about on the innovation side, but keeping pace with that, I think, is always a challenge. Right? We're seeing with, with ChatGPT and AI, it's very, very fast-paced. We need to be able to keep pace with that. And we need to provide our users, our customers, Madcap customers, Exit customers, with solutions and features and functionality that keep pace with, the, with what's going on on a macroeconomic level. Yeah, which is interesting because when you look back at you know, again, 20 years ago, we thought we were going pretty fast. And when you compare the the velocity from 20 years ago to where we are now, there's just absolutely no comparison. And it shows no signs of slowing down. I mean, things are just getting faster and faster and faster. So yeah, velocity is an interesting one. And with the AI stuff that's coming out right now, I worry about trust and reputation. Because of course, ChatGPT has informed me that I have a PhD which I appreciate, but, (laughs) you know, so there's, there's stuff like that happening. So what's that going to look like to produce content and make sure that it's accurate? Right. Absolutely. And that's where I think that uh, you cannot replace the human aspect behind the technical author, the content developer's role, because there's only so much content you can get. You can get as much content as you want from ChatGPT, but the verification of the accuracy of the content, making sure it makes sense, making sure it's, it's, uh, you know, there is some post-editing and review process that goes into it. And there's always going to be that role, right? And, and, and there's certain industries that have to make sure that it's 100% accurate. <laughs> you just can't afford to have inaccuracies or misinformation. I, I do appreciate my medical devices having accurate thorough documentation, right? That's right. So... Well, I appreciate your time. This has been really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, what the combined company is going to do. Because, of course, you're coming coming at the the problem or the challenges of technical content from, I guess, somewhat different perspectives. And so, it'll just be really interesting to see how those combine and what comes out in the mix when it's all said and done. So, Anthony, thank you for 
coming on and answering all my cheeky questions. And (laughs) we will look forward to seeing you at the events coming down the pipe. Great. Thank you, Sarah. And with that, thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.